This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Look, it doesn't rule this mare out. She's a wonderful mare. She's from that team you talk about that do a hell of a lot of winning. I love racing Dotty and Z as your home for thoroughbred racing. All of the ownership availabilities and possibilities, you go to love racing and you can find out. Campionessa. Wow. Talk about coming of age. 27 starts now. 10 wins. The five seconds. Uh, she's been had a trip to Australia. And although she might not have come up in the spring, she has gone boom. Breeder and um, I guess part owner because he's in the, the syndicate as lots of the, the breeders do with Tiako is Sims Davison at Mapley Stud. Morning, Sims. How are you, man? Yeah, good. Morning, guys. Hey, Campionessa. What a neat mare this is, and um, you must be proud. Do you want to give us the backstory on how you bred her, why you bred her, why you're still in the ownership, and just why you, you enjoy being involved with this mare so much? Um, yeah, well, it's, 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 there's a little bit of a long story to it, so I'll try and make Go, it as possible. But uh, um, I, I, end, I, I bought Bella's mother um, for five grand. At, uh, I, just, I just finished up rugby. And I, she was, I think it was one of the first pictures I made. Um, when I was running the farm, she was an O'Reilly mare, good-looking athletic type, bought her five grand in fold of Pear and Canto first season sire. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and the, and the, uh, so the first fold was uh, Tennessee, who was uh, Pear and Canto's first stakes winner. Um, so she was, it was off to, you know, I was off to a good start with that. The mare was obviously uh, doing a job. Then went to He's Remarkable. He was a stallion that I was standing uh, at the time who ended up being no good. But... Um, she went to his remarkable mare and, and uh, left a seven-time winner. So I thought, shit, hang on, we, you know, this, this mare, if she can get a his remarkable, that's one seven. She must be, uh, <laughs> she must be pretty, pretty, pretty good. And from then, she's just been, uh, she then, uh, she, you know, she's left three stakes winners. And then obviously we got contributor here at the farm, um, uh, and she went to him in his first crop. I took her up to the yelling cell. Uh, I really liked the filly. She was a nice, a nice athletic filly. Quite typical of that high chaparral line, though, but narrow, but fine boned. Um, she got passed in cracker. I was, she got passed in. Um, I think I had ninety grand on her, and she was in book one, so it wasn't a sort of a unreasonable, you know, reserve. But anyway, no one seemed to like her, so I thought my next brain plan was I thought I'd take her all the way over to the Gold Coast. I thought surely, um, you know, someone will see, you know see her there and, and buy her so and it's quite rare to do to do you know to take it all the way to australia in the same year most people probably would have put her in the paddock and brought her back as a ready run but no i hiked all the way over to australia with her took her to the, to the uh gold coast sale over there in june which is the late sale um to be passed to be passed in again so i knew that dc was over there and, and liked her quite a bit so uh we managed to sort of do a deal after the um uh, after the sale ring and hence uh Campanessa you know, came back on the plane back to New Zealand. So I've taken a horse all the way over to Australia to try and sell her in, in DC border and brought her back. So um, it wasn't the brightest business plan, but in the end it's probably worked out to the best because uh, it's everyone overlooked her at uh, at Cracker and uh, and uh, DC sort of liked her, you know, another another four or five months uh, later in June, she um, she caught his attention. Um, and obviously I, I literally, I, I well, I didn't give her away, but I, I think I ended up selling the sixty grand. So I, I, I went backwards oh. pretty quickly. But I ended up, 
but end up staying in her, and uh, and the rest is and the rest is history. So, um, you know, it's been a, it's been fantastic. We were, like last year to see what she did. You know, she came up at the top sort of three year olds in those two group ones and got you know pipped by both of them. And um, I sort of thought, to be fair, that you know that's her that's her dash. She's had her opportunity, and there's not many horses that get that close to a group one. She had an opportunity, but um, to, to have a spell and come back a, you know, a year later and to do what she's done now, it's a, it's just a dream result. You know, it's um. It's been fantastic because you know we always knew she deserved it, but to actually see her do it was uh, it was pretty exciting. And I think she's still got a lot more to offer. She seems like a bit of a spring chicken, you know. She's just sort of hit her straps as a as a later older girl. It's been great. Hey Sims, Mickey, um, that's a good story. I like that. It's great, and, it is fascinating. There's a lot of pieces to that story, and one of them is that you just took over the farm, and and obviously, you know, you just finished playing footy. And I suppose when you do those things, you learn as you go because, as they say, you touch the stove, you learn not to do it again. What have you learnt during this process? Look, I don't know, maybe I think it's about 10 years you've been in charge of the farm now and you said you stood a he's remarkable and sometimes you think, oh, well, was that worthwhile? And and then you get a horse like Contributor who some people, you know, think, wow, you know, is this horse going to make it? And clearly he has and leads beautiful types and you've learnt about going to different sales. What sort of learning curve has been running a farm for ten or so years been for you? Oh, it's, it's been it's been huge. You know, like there was no doubt about it. I sort of uh, I went in there pretty green. I, I'd always been around horses all my life and uh, and worked on, you know, as a kid on on the farm all the way through. But then suddenly um, I was away for a long time playing you know playing rugby like a good ten years and sort of obviously raced horses through it. But um, yeah, but like anything, just sort of. You know, small steps at a time, and uh, and just like, there's a lot of people that are, you know always willing to give advice. So you just got to sift through all the advice and take the bits out of it that you that you think you can learn from. But um, no, massive learning curve. I couldn't even start there. Like it's there wouldn't be just one thing. There'd be there'd, there'd be you know there'd be heaps. It was the, the first few years was just you know take small steps, make a lot of making a few mistakes and learning from them. And you know that's that's probably the yeah you know, it was it was a pretty sort of uh, up and down sort of roller coaster for the first few years while you and you got to make those mistakes and and learn from them and um uh, and I think one of the biggest things is just stick to stick to what what I believed and what I knew and sort of taking ideas and um and listen to a lot of people but at, at the end of the day sort of stick to your true north and uh, at the end you can't blame anyone else well, but yourself at the end of the day if you've done it that way that raises a really mm. interesting question so you want mm. to say for example you want to breed a mare to a stallion you think this is a good idea and I'll like the horse but yeah. the market wants what it wants so the market if you're trying to sell them is about breeding commercial horses is it a tricky line between breeding what you think works and what the market's going to want yeah, absolutely. Yeah, when we when we so we we breed now of our own about sort of eighty mares. So there's a, it's a massive process. We sort of sit down and and you've got to be commercial and you've got to be thinking long term as well with your mares. So it's a bit of, it's a real juggling act. You've got to be making money every year at the sale run. Um, so we do we definitely do look to to a commercial side where we we you know where we might think it's more of a short term first season size things that we think will mate up and maybe produce a good article at Cracker. Um, but then there's mares also that, depending on where they are in their stage, we're looking sort of a lot more long term as far as, you know, we might not necessarily get the um, get the sale results, but we think, you know, in, in years to come, it's going to pay dividends. So, and that's just with you, more of your, you know, the, the, the whole sale thing, it's a, um, you know, they're on one, one thing one minute, the next minute, it's a, it's a pretty flip-flop sort of uh you know, it's just a it's just a moment in time where you're trying to sell a horse, so everything's got to be lined up its place as far as 
you know, stallions and whatnot, and we know that changes regularly. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a mixture of short-term plan and obviously covering your sort of long-term, you know, with your breeding your breeding programs. And at the end of the day, we're just trying to breed. We keep it really simple. We're just trying to breed athletes, you know, and so we're just trying to iron out any faults that our mares have got. We're trying to go to a stallion that's going to iron out those faults and vice versa. So um, at the end of the day, we're just trying to present an athlete that looks athletic, physical, um, you know, and ticks, ticks all the boxes, really. Sims, how much of it have you found is momentum um, in a way like sport, like footy? I mean, with a with a stallion like contributor having Campionessa winning Group Ones at this time of year, and she's she's going to line up today in a race she can win. Um, back to the mile, of course she can. With Karaka next week, that talkability, that buzz around the farm, people being able to lean over the fence and say, "Gee, that's gee, she's flying, isn't she?" Do you find that that that's like a real thing? Oh, huge! Yeah, huge! Yeah, momentum, and especially the way. See how everything's drawn, you know, run by you know syndication these days. So, you know, years ago, probably much when I, when I first started, the syndicators weren't as big. So, you know, you get a lot of people rolling up to young sale, and they're actually there to buy, a, you know, buy a nice racehorse for themselves. You know, they'd done their own homework. They they weren't so worried about what was maybe the flavour of the month at the time. But since syndication is so huge now, these guys that are buying these horses, they need to go back and syndicate them. And, and there's nothing easier to syndicate a horse that everyone's, you know, or, or breeding line that everyone's talking about you know so when they go to the offices and knock on the doors um momentum behind them is huge so obviously it relates to them buying horses as well and we've just seen syndication such a huge part now so that you need momentum you need current horses that are you know that are racing um from the family regularly um and it makes the whole job a lot easier for them hence you know they'll put their hand up and not willing to put their hand up in the sale ring Sims, you raise an interesting question because obviously we all know that you know you obviously played footy you played for the chiefs right Yes. Yeah, okay, so you play for the Chiefs, and like we all know, Baz, who plays, who played great cricket, you know, loves his horses, and heaps of people yes. like your mate Rodney Schick, they like getting out there and getting smacked playing footy as well. What's the correlation between game day for the Chiefs, where you're out there and you get that feeling in your gut when you wake up in the morning, and sales day at Caracas, when I'm sure you wake up Good in the question. morning and get that yeah. feeling in your gut again? Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it does give you similar feelings, and often I say with my staff, this is the one thing about you know with rugby that we'd always sort of talk about, you know, going into games or going into, and it's the same way I talk to my staff going into. It's just those little things matter. Um, so yeah. don't worry about the big picture. Don't worry about the horse going through the sale ring. Just get everything right leading up to the day. The way we present our horses out to clients, the way they parade, the way we're topping them off, the way in the morning, all those little things matter. Um, and you know, we, we I often you know it's, it's funny. I'm always to my staff. I'm like, guys, the little things matter. Don't worry about the big picture. Uh, the big picture will look after itself. It's just all those small little things that go towards getting a horse ready for that sailing. They are the things that matter. So, um, yeah, it's a real and it's a real team effort as well. Which is, you know, like it's it, without without our team, the upper cracker. Um, or if one person just happens to be not on the A game, not overlooking, misses overlooking a horse or lameness or anything like that, um, then you know we're, we're in trouble. So. Um, no, that's probably the very similarities is going through those small points and making sure that all your staff or your team, just those little things that matter and the big picture will look after itself. And that sort of starts yeah. right at the, at the start of the prep, really. I, These I, horses have been in prep now for three months. I, I started doing Karaka oh, this week. I'm obviously behind the eight ball because I was doing Magics first. And um, one thing about the contributors is, this is going to sound a weird thing to say. They stand up straight and they they look proud. You know what I mean? Like when you look at them, some horses get a bit droopy, and some horses, you know, they probably don't do themselves a lot of favours. But I find with the contributors, not only are they athletic, 
but they just they, they stand up nice and straight and they're upright type horses and and they look like an athlete should look. Is that how they look to you? Yeah, they do. Like we you always want to sell him that stem C line and he's really like he really stems them. Like, and now and now we've got four or five colts that sort of roll out in our in our draft that they one after the other and they literally you know, I've had, I've had people say to me at the end of the parade, Jeepers, I, I actually can't tell who it's who again, like, you know, because they're all just <laughs> a similar, same sort of strong type. So that's what, you know, we're very lucky with contributing. That's what he's done with his stock. He's really stamped them and, and they're good athletic and they've got a bit of spunk about them. And, and that's probably something about Campanessa as well. She was a, she was, which we always like from our race fillies, it's, it's a bit of a mixture because obviously temperament's such a huge part of, you know, when it comes down to racing, you know, their will to win, their, you know, how you know how big they deep in those last bloody hundred meters and and so you need you need fleas that have got a little bit of feist in them you don't want them too much that are untrainable and don't want to do it but I remember when uh, when she first went into training Jamie Richards and I knew it from the farm as well you know Jamie was like this thing's quite hot you know and I was like oh shit hopefully you know she's not too hot he was like nah she's probably about right but she's definitely you know she's got that she's got that level of um, heat in there that she um, you know that she doesn't. Uh, that she can dig deep and she can push through that pain barrier when she needs to, and that's what you sort of want, you know. Yeah, no, that's you're right. They have to be right on that that borderline of temperament, don't they? And um, especially the mares in particular, and and certain times of season and year we see them come into form. So we get you out on this one, Sims. It's been fascinating chatting, learning a little bit more about Mapley as well, mate. But um, Campionessa today, like, what's the what's the word? What's Mark and Sam? What have they said to you? Barrier one's a little bit sticky, probably. But Matt Cameron's riding in as good a form as anyone riding in this race, really. So, what's the bully? Well, the the the, the emails that we're getting, you know, we get regular from Tiago. Fantastic with their updates. You get updates every couple of days on her, and she's and she's flying. You know, she's just she's you know she's just um, is is she's not hasn't done anything wrong. They've been she had her on the water walker last week. She's had a little freshen up. She's they can't fold it. I just I heard earlier on when I, before I talk about the, the track conditions. That's the only thing that could um, slow her up as a wet track. We know she needs a, a firmish track. So if it's um, yeah, we just got to pray it doesn't rain too much. I think she there was a five now. So yeah, that'll be that'll be our own concerns. But as far as where she is, from all accounts, she is she is flying. You know, um, so I'd say the only yeah the only issue will be what condition the track gets to by the time she gets around it. Well, she is honest, so she'll put in. We know that for sure. You know, um, um, good luck, mate. You know, hyphen that that Sims Sims is in a row of all our radio mates at the sales. So there's Little Avondale, and next to yes. Little Avondale is Hallmark, Mark Baker. and next to them is yeah, Maple. Yeah. So ah, yeah. what what section's yeah, that? Got, what what what's that called? What row? It, what is it? It, it's, it could be called Good Bastard Row at the sales. Wow, yeah, it's, yeah we're, it's, we're pretty lucky there. We've got a great group group of guys, and we all work together. It's, um, Good fun, yeah. We're very lucky. So, no, Sam, okay. Mark, and you're into it. I got a little tip. I tell you, one one horse today, though. I reckon it's worth, a, worth a look at. It's, an, it's another contributor in race two. It's called Scouser. Okay, um, it's a contributor. Yeah. Um, the mare, the mare was. It's Cody Cole's got it. Um, Scouser. The mare was. We raced it. She was real tough. She 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 broke down. But like we bred for, like this is. She's been a she's been a um, we always knew she had it. most of her progeny had been slow. She's been a contributor and um, and this thing goes goes pretty good. And it, it's, mother was the mother was real tough uh, and she looks to be the same. So um, Cody thinks a lot of us. Scales, I think it's in race two. Scales. Yes. All right. Well, we'll all be Liverpool fans in race two for you, Sims. There you go. Appreciate it, mate. Nice to chat. No worries, mate. Cheers.